over the last few weeks as we've walked through Jesus' invitation to follow him, we focused on his earliest interactions with the, the first disciples, really. There was the call to the fishermen to, to push out into deeper water, the meal at the tax collector's house, and the invitation to come and see that was extended to John's disciples. Each encounter reminds us that following Jesus starts in the middle of everyday life. While we're at work, while we're in our homes, while we're with our families and friends, out in our neighborhoods. Today's passage, it's it's a little bit different. It's not Jesus extending an invitation to follow him. Instead, of it's it's more of an explanation of Jesus' identity and and some of what's involved with, with saying yes to that invitation. Jesus and his disciples are are in the temple court in Jerusalem for the the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, the Feast of Tabernacles was a a week-long celebration that really had had two purposes. It was a time to give thanks for the harvest, for for food, and it was a memorial of sorts, a, a time to gather and to remember their ancestors wandering in the wilderness. There were a few different traditions that were, were connected to the festival. One, uh, one involved setting up booths around Jerusalem to, to sleep in, and, and this was to remember the tents from the wilderness. So another, uh, another name for the celebration was the Festival of Booths. Another tradition involved drawing water from the Pool of Siloam and pouring it on the altar remembering that that Moses struck a rock at Mount Horeb and and God provided water for a thirsty people. And a third involved a a lamp lighting ceremony that that took place at dusk every evening. And and this was remembering that God led the Israelites in a pillar of fire as they wandered at night. There was singing and dancing in the streets as as lamps were lit. I I almost picture it looking like some of our 4th of July celebrations from last year weekend. So Jesus and the disciples, they're, they're in, the town, in town for this party along with all kinds of other people. And at some point in the middle of the festival, he began teaching in the temple court. The reviews of his teaching, they were mixed. Some were inspired and amazed. Others were, were angered by what he said. Questions began to stir around town. Was, was Jesus teaching with some sort of divine authority or was he demon possessed? Which one was it? And after a week of celebration, Jesus stood up to teach, maybe even in front of a a few lit lamps on that last night, and he said this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him, here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, My testimony is valid, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, where, where is your Father? You do not know me or my Father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. 
He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Growing up, my my favorite toys were Legos. I've talked about that a little bit, but maybe I should restate it. Growing up, my favorite toys were Legos. And as a grown-up, my favorite toys are still Legos. As a kid, there was something satisfying about being able to create something from start to finish, where pirates and astronauts and construction workers could journey together in a world I got to create. As an adult, there's something satisfying about building those bigger sets, focusing on one bag at a time while taking a break from everything else. As a dad, there's something satisfying about watching my kids Enjoy the same toy that I have enjoyed for so long. There's really only one downside to Legos. And it's a downside that only usually rears its ugly head early in the morning or late at night while walking around the house barefoot. There's nothing quite like the yelp of a parent tiptoeing through a sleeping child's room when they're attacked by a loose Lego. I recently heard a dad refer to loose Legos as the devil's carpet. It just hurts so bad. Whether it's navigating a room full of Lego landmines or or something more significant like wandering in the wilderness while in exile, we run into trouble while walking in the dark. It's one of the reasons that lightness and darkness are are metaphors that are widely accepted across all religions and and world views. But here, in in this passage, Jesus is clearly referring to imagery from the Hebrew Scriptures, from the Old Testament, where where light is referred to as, as God's presence, God's salvation, and God's revelation. The first words out of Jesus' mouth would have been cause for concern for anyone who was paying attention. I am. It carried all kinds of weight in the Jewish world, as it should for us today. Listeners would have pictured Moses standing in front of the burning bush, asking who was sending him to Pharaoh, and and hearing those words, I am who I am. Tell the Pharaoh, I am sent you. The Gospel of John includes multiple stories of Jesus making claims about his identity, but this chapter, chapter 8, might include the most dramatic set of claims. He starts with the, I am the light of the world, and then he continues with statements about being from above and being connected to his Father. These were claims that would have would have angered the, the Pharisees. It really, they would have caused anyone who was listening to to, to listen, to pay attention. But, but Jesus doesn't stop there. The light of the world, not a light in the world, not one of many, the light in the world. It's an exclusive claim in that Jesus lists one light with an inclusive reach, the entire world. He goes beyond the church, beyond the spiritual realm, and says this is about truth and falsehood, good and evil, right and wrong, the light of the world. One of the first trips I led to Malawi included a girl who was a professed atheist. When she would show up at youth group, she would challenge absolutely everything. But she had friends in the group, so she she was there often. 
She had an incredible heart for service. Just this incredible sense of compassion and commitment to justice. And she wanted to see the world, so when she heard that we were going on a trip to Africa, she was all in. When we would sit down and talk about how she developed that heart, she had mentioned that she just knew it was always there. The light was always there. Now, she wouldn't have said it was, was Jesus, but there was a drive that she couldn't and wouldn't deny. It's important that we engage in those types of conversations. It, it goes back to what we talked about last week with the, the come and see invitation in the story of Nathaniel and Philip. Come and explore. Come and look. Where did that drive, that heart, that light come from? Where did it originate? Who or what placed it there? The passage that we read earlier from Isaiah is often referred to as, as one of the servant psalms, a prophecy that looks toward the Messiah. And Jesus' words about being the light to the entire world are echoed in that servant psalm. The Isaiah passage includes both, both the relationship between God and, and the covenant people, while then widening the scope of God to include the Gentiles, the world. It goes back to the, the covenant God gave Abraham. The blessing was never meant for one group of people. Abraham and his family were blessed to be a blessing for the nations. And here, Jesus is saying, okay, it's time. The light of the world is here. Then the words we've been focusing on this, this whole summer come about. Whoever follows me, whoever Follows me will never walk in darkness, never wander in the desert without guide, without a guide, never walk into a room of Lego booby traps without a light. He goes from the macro, the world, to the personal. A more literal translation, the individual following me will never walk in darkness. Now whether Jesus is foreshadowing the gift of the, the Holy Spirit, the advocate, or not, it's a reminder that we are never alone on this journey. The person following Jesus has the light of life, or as one translation puts it, the light of real life. Jesus isn't making a claim about his, his identity, only just making a claim about his identity. He's, he's extending an invitation to live, as John's Gospel puts it later, abundantly. It's an invitation to live in the, the, the fullest and most authentic way we can. The second century church father, uh, St. Irenaeus, captured this idea and, and he wrote, The glory of God is a human being fully alive. Following Jesus isn't just about avoiding darkness. It's about living the life in a way, our lives, in a way that God intended us to live. Now, this short one-sentence message was enough to anger the Pharisees. So they challenge Jesus' credibility. They say, you, you can't just defend yourself. I'm not sure what sort of response they expected, but, but Jesus basically says, you're right. It's, it's not right. I'm, I am giving a self-testimony. But, but then he goes on. And, and he makes two claims that would have been impossible to dispute for, for the Pharisees and, and would have also just fed their fury. Those, those two claims. He, he knows where he comes from and where he's going. And then, secondly, there is, in fact, a second witness in the room, the Father who sent him. The Gospel of John has a, a theme running throughout it where God, the Father, is always present. 
And the way that the, that the Gospel of John presents Jesus, he's never alone, which is highlighted right here. If you knew me, you would know my Father. Reflecting on this theme, John Calvin once wrote, Whoever aspires to know God without beginning at Christ must wander in a labyrinth. The invitation to follow Jesus is an invitation to follow the light of the world, the light of real life, and to get to know the God who sent him while living in a way that we were intended to live. So friends, I invite you to to follow Jesus. To, to follow the light of the world, <clears throat> to live the way you are intended to live. Amen.